You're listening to Atomic Moms. I'm Ellie Noss, and each week we celebrate and commiserate with world-class experts, best-selling authors, and parents around the world. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Hey, everyone. Ellie Noss here. I just want to quickly give you a heads up on what you're getting yourself into with this episode. It's a conversation with my decade-long friends, Claire Coffey, who's an actress, and Bridget Maloney, who's a director and an actress. And we compare notes on our apocalyptic anxieties. We commiserate over the awkwardness of making back-to-school mom friends. And we play a round of a game I just invented called I'm So Jealous. Our returning guests also discuss post-bedtime reading and watching rituals. We acknowledge the trickier parts of parenting, like what my six-year-old recently did to her sister with a Sharpie marker the night before preschool started. And we get the New York private school admissions lowdown. Our guest, Claire Coffey, is an actress best known for her role as Adeline Shade on NBC's long-running series, Grimm. But she considers her claim to fame being Ellie Noss's best friend and most frequent house guest. She wrote that. And Bridget Maloney is currently a member of the American Film Institute's Directing Workshop for Women. She's a graduate of Northwestern University, as is Claire, where she studied theater and creative writing for media. She has a master's in clinical psychology from Pepperdine, concentrating on couples and family therapy. She's also an actress, making her living and qualifying for great health insurance, one national commercial at a time. So don't forget to check out our, we have this shop. So don't forget to check it out at atomicmoms.com backslash shop. I'm really proud of us. Like we have a shop, guys, and it has t-shirts and tanks and signed limited edition art prints by the artist Madeline Donahue. If you haven't heard her episode on the podcast yet, check it out. And that's all to support the running of our independent podcast. And also, if I mention a sponsor in this episode, give them a little love. It helps us out. So you can also reach out to us on Instagram, always at Atomic Moms. And if you get any good quotes, can you direct message them to me? Because um, I'd like to share them on Instagram. And obviously, I'll tag you. So... When we talk about the apocalypse in this episode, okay, I'll just say it now. I guess I was, no, see, I kind of want to buy it back. I'm like, I guess I was wrong. I was wrong. I get into this whole East Coast versus West Coast thing about the apocalypse, and this is what friends are for. They're there to tell you you're wrong. Uh, so I'll own that now. In listening back, I was wrong. Hmm. There's also a lot of conversational overlap, and that's what happens when you have three friends catch up over the phone. So enjoy it. We'll be right back. Hello. Hello, Hello. Claire Coffey. Hi. <laughs> this is Ellie Noss and Bridget Maloney. Hi, guys. Hi. So you still have a 323 area code. It's like you're teasing us that you would come back. Because if I changed my cell phone number, then I would I would have to go and let everybody know. Like I'd have to change my phone number. It's like changing your email address. Right. I remember change. when you changed your email address and I think you had to email me about 12 times to be like, Ellie. I know. I remember too when <laughs> you changed is- your email. Some, your old one still comes up sometimes. And I'm like, oh, I've been emailing Claire's old email oh, address. Oh yeah, that's bad. That, I, but now, now I sort of think that would be a good thing if I changed my number and then only like mm-hmm. seven people... It would, would be, me, it would which, be like would Marie, be nice. you'd be Marie Kondoing your personal life. Yeah. I still have contacts in from like the people I dated when I first moved oh, yeah. to LA in 2005. Oh, yeah. 
I Which don't delete anyone. It's a problem. I, I had, should I should delete because I accidentally FaceTime oh, people sure. or my children do. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's bad. That's bad. I <laughs> had to change. I had to delete a young man, where he's not that young anymore, from my phone because my old car, when I would say, call my friend Zoe Perry, it would call this guy. And it happened like four times and I would hang up immediately because it would say calling da, 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 instead. And oh finally God. he texted me and was like, hey, I've missed some calls from you lately. What's going on? And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. It was a mistake. And then I just deleted him from my phone. I was like, I can't I can't even be like my phone. I just no. I couldn't explain. It was horrible. <laughs> It was in my Ford Fiesta. Really bad. Ironically. Yeah, that's really bad. I felt so bad. I also was like, I would be so thrilled if someone out of my path, so even if I had no interest in talking to them, like what a, unless something was terrible, but like I'd be like, what? Well, I can't even follow along with this conversation because all I can think is how badly do I want Zoe Perry and Lori Metcalf to come on the podcast to talk about being. Playing the same role as mother and daughter on oh, television. We can we can try to arrange that. They just shot <laughs> they just shot an episode. My friend Zoe Perry is the mom on Young Sheldon, and her mom is the mom on Big Bang Theory. So they play the same character, different parts. She's of also their one life. of the greatest actresses. Yeah, of the twentieth century. Yeah, yeah. Zoe's great too, and Zoe. Um, they just filmed an episode of that show at my daughter's elementary school. After school. Oh, that's funny. But they did a whole thing and they did a call home saying like, so the after school program is going to be in the auditorium because of young Sheldon. So I texted Zoe in all capitals and she wrote back and was like, oh, I'm not working tomorrow. Have fun. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what I wanted, but I wasn't fully satisfied. (laughs) A set visit? Yeah, I wanted a set visit. I wanted Phoebe to be honored Mm -hmm. and I wanted everyone to be as excited as I was about that. But I mean, it's L.A., So it's not, I don't know. Claire, you were just on an acting podcast. Yes, 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 with Alicia. Was there anything that I don't know about you that you shared on it that you should tell all of our listeners about? Did you listen to it? Well, obviously. I was going to say, you know, Ellie, you could listen to the podcast. Uh, I don't, the only podcasts I listen to are the High Low. And right now I'm listening to, uh, it's called The Root of Evil. It's about the Black Dahlia and it's giving me so much anxiety. Oh my gosh. But the reason I don't, I, now I'm feeling bad that I don't, I haven't listened to this other podcast yet. I don't because they make me spiral because then I think about my own podcast and you know what? It's like taking sand to the beach in my brain. <laughs> Does sure. that make any sense? Yeah. I'm already That's all podcasted enough. out. Tell me what, what would have uh, I learned if I were a better friend and had listened to you on that episode? Oh, I don't know. I'm not going to go through that. But it was a really fun experience because it was uh, the it was live. So she mm. had popular, and we did it at the studio in New York. And so it was actors. Like I was just talking about my journey uh, with other actors and other New York actors. So it was a very fun, like you could talk inside baseball and it was totally cool. And, um, and Alyssa's an actor too. We, we worked together. That's how we knew each other. We worked together a million years ago. It was super fun. On what job? Uh, inventing Adam, this in oh, yeah. in Louisiana, my that, first trip to Louisiana. Yeah, I remember you going to Louisiana for that. Yeah. That was like right when we became friends. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Eons ago, at this point, 
So that was very, it was very fun. Ellie, your email that you sent to us about the topics that you were going to discuss for the show, I, I almost stopped breathing with anxiety and overwhelm and uh, stress. Well, then perfect. Let's jump right into them. <laughs> you really, you really captured the zeitgeist of every mom of toddlerish age children, or I guess any children going back to school and living in the world right now. Well, thank you. So my first question, listeners, <laughs> listeners, you get out your, listeners, get out your notepads yeah. or your do notes on your phone, and then you can direct message me your answers. Oh, yeah, that's and I can idea. share them as an Insta story. Ooh, isn't that creative? Look at all the synergy. First, I want to kick this off with a question for Claire and Bridget that is based on a previous episode we did called I'm So Jealous. Bridget, what are you jealous of? I'm jealous of people who are organized. I'm jealous of just the all organized people. I've been trying some new techniques. I've been just the beginning of school has really shown me that everything is like I'm spinning so many plates just through sheer luck. <laughs> And like I, Claire, Claire got a text because I dropped the ball on something that had to do with Claire sort of. And she said, you're not disorganized. You just have two children and a couple careers. But I think an organized person in my position would be, would be better off. So I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying to funnel my longing for that into action. That's a great thing to be jealous of. Claire, what are you jealous of, my friend? Um, it's such a like dirty word for me that I can't even think of anything to think to admit to something that I'm jealous of, even if it's a joke. Oh, interesting. It's so like, you have a real like, problem why with the word would jealousy. I, like, get rid of it. You know, because it's 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 because of my chosen profession. Like, if so, I had any jealousy, I wouldn't be able to exist in this profession. That's funny. you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, well, maybe this is more like. My life is not my career is not my life. I should be able to separate. But I think I think I think early on I really tried to like jealousy is a disgusting like you should never feel jealous for anything like that is not a useful impulse. Well, I I think that I have a ton of jealousy. There's a New York Times article about Bella Thorne or whoever that person sure. is, and she had a whole team of people, and she went to some yarn shop. And I was just so jealous that she had a whole team of people. Like, I really am jealous of people who have entourages telling them how great they are, even though I know that's how Judy Garland died too young. Right. Well, you I want my, touch with reality. But you have but us. I want yeah, yeah, you have us. <laughs> Will you be my entourage? Yes. What do you think we're doing? Plants the seed of doubt. So I am completely dependent on you. I'm not saying that's true with Bella Thorne. I'm just saying everyone knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> she seems fine. She seems fine. Girls, give me one example of how you're losing your mama mind. <laughs> Such a stupid thing I, to ask. I'll tell you, can I kick this off by my psychotic just to make everybody else feel better? So so yesterday, September 3rd at 9 a.m. is when the Brooklyn private schools released their tour schedule and when they released their application. And I, all day, sat at my computer all day. And at 9am, I 
tried to book tours, which were, by the way, gone by about 9.15. Tours for the fall for these schools, which we're not even, like, I... I have no idea what we're doing for kindergarten. I would like him to continue on with French. That's about as far as I've gotten. But because I'm psychotic, I feel like I need to explore every possible option out there. And because I live in the great, you know, in New York, there's a trillion. So anyway, that, that was very shocking and upsetting. And then I just thought, I just, I'm not a procrastinator. So I just finished all of the applications yesterday in one wait, sitting. Wait, you are wait, insane. For, for, but how are you know. going into kindergarten 2020? Next year. But let, let me tell you something. So these schools, what, what they do, they release the tour schedule. Then they say, okay, we are accepting applications starting today, but they don't release the application until that day. But if you don't fill out the application within a couple of weeks, then their interview slots are all booked up. So they can say like for one school, for example, like one of the most progressive schools, but is also like a very popular mm-hmm. school. I know what you're talking about. Um, I don't, but I bet we have listeners about. who go there and would be happy uh, to get you in. Yes. So, <laughs> so that school, that school like states on their website. So our applications are due by September, I don't know, 27th. However, if we get so many applications that we run out of interview slots, we will stop accepting applications. Mm-hmm. This is how nuts it is. So, um, so yeah, I picked four schools sort of at random to, for him to, you know, based on word of mouth and friends that go there, blah, blah, blah. You're like, I'm just totally at random based on 12 bullet points. Yeah. My years of research. <laughs> but Calvin, I, when I asked him like, Calvin, what do you want out of an elementary school? He says basketball. So well, yes. that's really all his, uh, but, but I, so I, I, so I filled out all, I did all of the applications yesterday. I bought Calvin a new pack of Play-Doh because that was cheaper than hiring a babysitter for the day. And just like sat him there with Play-Doh. And, and you got it off your plate. That's impressive. Yeah. And I just did it all. And then we went out to dinner and I had two martinis. Yeah. For sure. You got it all done in one day. You're crazy. I really did an excellent job last year with this because I had Adam do it because yeah. I was, um, you know, I, I felt really good about our, our public school choice and then let him have the anxiety attacks in the middle of the night. And, uh, he also knows I'm not the best at the details. So he went for it. And I'm so glad because I'm realizing in this whole co-parenting journey mm-hmm. that one person really does need to spearhead it because when we go back and forth, and fully co-parent, like with this whole back to school sure. kindergarten, she's at a new school and we were both, we were really tag teaming it. And I was feeling super progressive in our attempts until I realized that we didn't have her medical form ready. <laughs> it's hard. We, yeah, you both were holding my hand because we're going to our local public and had made that decision and my cousin, who just left L.A. and public school to move back to New York, where her kids go to private school in Brooklyn. Yeah, I'm sure it was on your list. Um, uh-huh. They, it's, uh-huh. a, it's a biggie. They were, she was like, if you think you want to do your local public, don't tour any private schools. That's the problem. And yeah. I was like, fine. And I went to private school in L.A. from pre-K through 12th. And it was a great experience. We're, have different reasons for different things, the way we're doing it with our kids for now. 
And I I listened to her, except I toured one that our friend goes to because she wanted me to. And then when we were panicking this summer, you were there. You remember. But we stuck We stuck with it. Yeah. We're at our local. and But it's hard. It's a hard, not even what kind of school you're sending your child to. It's just, it feels very emotional. And this is all to say, Calvin wanting basketball, you know, my five-year-old is like, I'm making friends, but I'm really there to learn, which really made me laugh. Wow. <laughs> but like, wow. I was like, sure, it's <laughs> kindergarten. It only goes for five hours. So I feel like you could take an hour to socialize with Iris and Vivian. Oh, my God. That's but, so good. You know, she's I- like, she's loving it. And she doesn't know that, like, she doesn't have a science lab. Like, she's really... She's really into it. Yeah, I, I, I think it's because you don't have any control over anything in your child's life except for this one thing that you feel like you do have control over. So then it feels like, okay, then I have to explore. But do you feel like you have control over it, Claire? Because I feel like I don't have any control over it. You're applying to these schools. It feels like there's such a lack of control. No, no, you have control over like, like okay, I can go to the tour. I can fill out yeah, the application. Right. I can try to make some sort of... yeah. The management part of it. I've been talking about this so much this morning because my, we have friends who moved to our neighborhood. We were friends before and they're expecting their first child and they don't listen to the podcast. So I'll just share all of this. They, we ran into the husband on a run this morning while we were walking our kids to school, which is one of the reasons we decided to do our local public because we can walk both kids to school because the baby goes to preschool. He's not a baby anymore. Also walking distance. But we ran into our, friend, a neighbor, and he was like, oh, man, I went for a run because I got in the biggest fight with his wife because she wants to buy a non-toxic bathtub for the baby. She's pregnant. And he's like, all bathtubs are non-toxic. <laughs> like, there are standards. <laughs> like, there are PBA standards. And like, Are there? Like, I I know. But I was like, well, oh, listen, God. I get it. And, and I said, you know, this is a very emotional time, and it's impossible to really understand what life is going to be like. And so it's very yeah. easy to research bathtubs, especially because they both are freelance. So like she has time right now to to yeah. re- research bathtubs for two hours and totally spiral. And, you know, yeah. and I was like, and I think you need to be uh, generous about it. And he was like, generous, like a $300 changing pad. And I was like, all right, well, good luck with this. Oh, boy. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> Um, he was like, you know, like, you know what else I need to be doing is making money. But it was, but my point is the the control I was right. You can control downloading the applications on the day they're published and you can fill them out and you can feel like you're doing stuff. Yes. Ellie. So what you were like, what did you sign up for that you didn't realize like going to private school was like, okay, I didn't know that this was going to be expected of me before school began or like. Right. Well, I already admitted that I don't have it together in certain areas. For example, I brought all the vaccines. The You know, I had the printout of all the vaccinations Sabrina had had, but I didn't have the form they wanted because it was, they have a new app it, or it's a new app oh. to me. And so part of the thing is I didn't yeah. realize that now as a parent in 2019, I'm expected to be digitally savvy, yeah. which is hilarious because I run a podcast and Bridget watches me run around with all these wires <laughs> trying to set it up every week. No, but you also, your house is very smart. You have a lot of wireless technology. But we have an app at our local public that they finally updated this. Well, the website really scared me for a while for our school because it hadn't been updated since 2017. Yes, and I've I was been like, a snob you about that too. are not attracting me. Like, you make me want this. Like, What's the branding of the elementary <laughs> no, school? 
serious. I, and I'm really, and I, you know, I go into the PTA. It was humbling. People are very, very, sorry, I'm shouting. I'm passionate <laughs> about this. <laughs> Elliot, to give me a hand. Well, I, Owen, our, our British sound engineer is going to like write me back and be like, there's a lot of echoes. Hi, hi, Owen. Hi, Owen. Um, <laughs> But there's there's an app. There's a very active PTA, but there's an app. They updated the website, but there's also an app for my son's preschool, which is different than mm-hmm. the app we had at my daughter's preschool. So we now we have all the apps. But I, what I will say is that they, because the public school, you know, I was about to say, you know, socialism, but because it's it's like a bureaucracy, we were not allowed to get our class assignment until all of our vaccination forms had been approved. That's, that's very that, smart. That sounds comforting. Oh, yeah. No, I liked yeah. it. But I mean, it's like, well, they make it very clear. Right. Like, it's very right. obvious. Yeah. And then everyone's vaccinated. Thank God. I was like, well, if Sabrina isn't allowed to go the first day. I mean, again, everyone, I did have the printouts. I just didn't have it in the right, right. format. Uh, that I was like, okay, well, her first day of kindergarten is going to be Chuck E. Cheese. And then... <laughs> I also didn't realize the first day, it's a half day, the first day, which was great. And they did a new parent orientation for the two hours. But what did you need to be oriented to? Well, you know, community building. I'm scared to talk right now because I don't want to get in trouble with our new school. I mean, I will. It was, I will. It was great. It was great. But it was a weekday and it was great. Well, sure. There's, There's that element like Phoebe... Um, is a late bird. The kids who are a little bit further along in their reading and letter recognition and stuff go from 9.30 to 2.30. So they have 1.30 to 2.30 to just do reading stuff. And the kids who need a little more help go 8.30 to 1.30. And 8.30 to 9.30 is like letter recognition and whatever. And um, I was thrilled because that meant she could do another after-school program on campus that you can't do if you live at 1.30. But this, this hour in the morning... It's like I talk to parents all the time. It's very tricky. Like I very rarely have to be somewhere before 930. But now she's home until 930. So we've been walking her brother to school and then we sit in the shade and do her reading. So funny. We have the reverse. We have an hour between my pickup for Eliza, who new listeners who could not be following any of this at this point. I know. Uh, this is our brain right now, though. It's like all <laughs> logistics. And maybe we'll all get in the pattern yeah. and routine and it'll get better. But I pick up Eliza from preschool and then we have that gap. We have an hour yeah. before we get Sabrina at the bus stop, which yeah. was its own crazy thing because there aren't boosters on this bus. Like, Are there seatbelts? Yeah. I don't know if Sabrina's using it. So it was her first day yesterday. And Eliza and I went and got a cookie at the a shop nearby waiting for the bus forever because it was 100 degrees. It was. It is again. And then all the kids get off the bus, all these older kids. And then he keeps calling Sabrina's name. <laughs> she, she oh, was, no. Had she fallen asleep? No. She had made friends with oh, a yeah. first grader and was in the back row chatting up a storm and then couldn't didn't realize, I guess, that she couldn't get things out of her backpack. So the bus driver had to, like, go to the back and no. help her and get her oh, butt off the bus. Yeah. And he was like, she just didn't know she was the first stop. And I was like, well— Okay. Hopefully she These kids have, have like four like, more stops to go. Right. They're like, Sabrina, I want to get home in time for the descendants and a snack. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Um, but I wanted to I also- like, I want to be in bus driver training and hear how that, like, okay, oh so God. here's what's going to happen with these kids. And here's what you're going to have to do. Like all these kids taking the bus for the first time. Yeah. And they have an app oh. that says that it's arrived, but oh, we have cool. to be there. And I'm so oh, yeah. scared I'll wow. miss it. Like what would happen? I'd probably have to just drive across town and catch up the bus at a different stop. For elementary, I can't remember. I didn't take the bus until seventh grade, and then they just would release us. We'd stand there. Yeah. This is early. Oh, yeah. They're not going to release her. This is crazy. Anyway, I was also thinking when you mentioned, Bridget, that Phoebe is more interested in learning than in socializing at this point. One thing, Claire, looking forward to next year after you've— you know, gotten through these hurdles, no matter where your child goes to school, have fun experiencing your own new school. Oh, yeah. Psychosis. <laughs> it's like, well, and social you, anxiety. That's, okay, that's what I meant by new school psychosis. I mean, I think I've told both of you that I'm like actively courting Odin's mom. Yeah, what's her name? I, I'm not going to say it. I said the kid's <laughs> name. She, but I, I was like, she's wearing, did I say it to you, Ellie? She was in cam pants. And Ellie was like, what are you saying? But what she's are a, cam pants? The Jesse cam pants. I know. Yeah. Oh, you know what they are. You just don't know That's the name what I of said. them, but you've seen them, Ellie. Um, but I was like, oh, hi. And they're $400 high Yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not the status. You are yelling, Bridget. I'm, I'm not going to allow you in my echoey podcast room if you're yelling. It's not the, the status <laughs> element. It's just that I, I, well, maybe it is, but I was like, she's wearing really cool pants, <laughs> but we're also often in the same outfit. But, like, slightly, I don't have camp pants. I'm also not built for them. But, like, I was wearing my high-waisted, big bed press oh pants God. and, like, clogs. And we have almost the exact same haircut. And uh, I'm like, oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, where are you going after this? Um, <laughs> but and it's like we both have, like, yeah, you know. it's making new friends. Hydro it's flasks. So, yeah. It's, well, it's making new friends. And there's definitely, like, everyone's been so friendly. And I've thrown myself into the PTA. I already had my TB test so I can volunteer on campus. But I, yeah, it's, you're walking up to groups of people mm-hmm. who know each other. We have a back-to-school night next weekend, next week for Sabrina's. Yeah. School and then we have one the following week for Eliza's school. Yes, we had and, ours on the same week, but different oof. nights. Yeah, it's a lot of socializing. It a is a lot of meet and greet. I also am the room parent for the preschool. But what's weird is, well, in, aren't you just overextending yourself? I and really bragging about I, it. Honestly, I really am. <laughs> so you, so okay. I'm just saying I'm overwhelmed. I also have work stuff going on. Why am I doing this? But I was like, I need to stake a claim at the schools. Like, I need to be a presence at the schools. I'm more in, like, a hermit mode. It's better, I think. To be a hermit? Well, yeah. I mean, this is not sustainable. Like, (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm genuinely concerned about how I'm going to help with the Harvest Festival. Like, I that's the week that the Sundance applications do. Like, I can't do all of this. Yeah, yeah. One of the one of the questions on the applications I filled out yesterday was, "What's your current parent involvement with your school?" <gasps> and it's currently nothing. And so I wrote, "I do. I sometimes do drop offs and pick up, and I schedule play dates for my child with other kids in the class." 
sometimes. Okay, Claire, so, yeah. the application is not the place to undersell yourself. Yeah. Go back in. You, this is when you need to do some like creative. You need to be like, it's ever evolving as my family's needs change. Uh, well, oh, I think I, I'm just going to throw Chris to the wolves at that point. Like, my husband has come in to play for the class. Yes, that's huge. I'd be happy to. Yeah, uh, But it was just a ridiculous, such a ridiculous question. And then another question was, are you on are you on any boards or volunteer or gonna like all of this community you really start to feel pretty bad about yourself when did they want the grandparents address because that that question's a real uh, yes that's also very like to see if they can pay for it if you run out of money oh is that why or is it just to yeah hit them up also i have heard and i'm going to spread a rumor now because i don't know if it's true that there are apps that schools can use that basically they're also ch- charities use them. This is all hearsay. There's like forensic accounting that I think many private schools and colleges do. And also I know nonprofits do it who will search and see what your giving history is at other places and like your estimated net income and stuff like that. All of this gives me acid reflux. How are we raising children right now? And then we're all saying the stuff, you know. Well, it, it's late capitalism. Who knows what's going to happen <laughs> when they're like the economy could completely collapse and then we will regret not sending them to survivalist elementary school. I know. Well, that's what I'm already thinking about right now. Chris is on the camp like he just wants to take a cyanide pill when the apocalypse comes. But like I want to be there till the bitter end. But he was Why? telling me yesterday because I was saying like we need to sell the house that we just bought and buy a bunker in the Catskills. And he said, they'll know, like, you know what's going to happen after the apocalypse. It's just all of the billionaires go to New Zealand and then anyone left, it's just fend for yourself yeah, and you're going to gonna get murdered for your supplies. It's possible, but anything is possible. Yeah. But I it's know. True. I will. Or, but by the way, like we're, we're so into these fantasies. I mean, we only have less than 70 years left anyway. Well, the good I news mean, is, I mean, everyone dies, which is good yeah, news, bad exactly. news. Like, we're going to die one way or the other. I, but I, Our personal apocalypse is coming, yes, everyone. It's, so. it's guaranteed. I, but I was talking, Claire, to Jake, the, the director of photography of the project that Claire and I just did together yesterday. Uh-huh. And he's talking about moving to Denver. And I was like, oh, well, that's great for climate change. That is my first response. <laughs> And he was like, yeah, like, and I absolutely meant it. And, and then like we talked about like the job market and, you know, rentals versus buying. So. It's the only thing I think about right now. Is the apocalypse or moving? Yeah. And climate yeah, change. Yeah, the apocalypse. Okay. Yeah, the apocalypse and climate change, yeah. I find that New Yorkers are a little more wound up about the apocalypse. You have not been spending enough time with me. I am... I know. I, 75% There's of a whole podcast about the earthquake, about the big one in Los Angeles. I know. It's called the big one. But that's, that's not an even... enormous generalization you just made for not actually spending any time in New York. <laughs> it's true. Really. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> Claire, Ellie, Ellie has to... Oh, no, me. I've offended an entire city. <laughs> no, no, I'm not offended. I'm just pointing out, like, that's an insane statement to make based on how little... Well, wait, you don't think that there are a ton of people in New York who are worried about the apocalypse? I, I think, think there are. A ton I of people in L.A. everybody's worried about the apocalypse. Yeah. I think, but here's, no, I think here might be the other thing. Ellie, you wouldn't, like, Adam is the one who is the, like, the logistics manager of your household. Ugh. I am the logistics manager of my household. Same so I think co-sign. similarly, like, Chris is not worried about it because 
those duties fall to me. So I am worried about it in our household. I mean, I have so many water things that I've purchased and uh, Dan, Dan is worried, but Dan is like, what are we going to do? Like, I'm also worried about work next week. Like right. Dan, Dan's focused, yeah. but you guys also might remember when I spent like six months obsessing about the fact the universe is expanding, which is really out of my control. So yeah. you know. I, I used to lay awake at night when I was 10, like I would make myself sick cause I couldn't fall asleep. Once I figured out about that, the universe was expanding. Like once I learned that concept. Right. And that the sun I, was going to burn out. Oh, my God. No one's going to so listen to this podcast. They're going to drive off the road. Okay, moving on. What are you consuming culture-wise? And uh, I would appreciate it if you could come at it with, you know, the parenting angle since this is a parenting podcast. Okay. So uh, no, Bridget, you're first up. <laughs> I'm, I'm still feeling defensive about my not being concerned enough about the apocalypse. I think it's great. As my therapist said today, as a small animal on this planet, what are you worrying about? I, meaning me, I'm the small animal. I, what am I consuming parenting wise? Oh man, I've just read actually so many good things. So many good novels. Um, But I recommend Home Fire. It's really great. I'm going to look up who wrote it, but I'll, I'll circle back to that one. We started watching On Becoming a God in Central Florida. Have you guys watched no, it? No, what's that? No, I haven't seen it, but. Yeah, it's on Showtime. It's Kirsten Dunst stars and produces. It's very good. It's about multi-level marketing in the 90s. It's speaking of late capitalism in Florida, and it is very enjoyable. What is late capitalism? She has a baby in it. Late capitalism is theoretically our current economy. It's like the most called late capitalism because we're assuming it can't last forever. It's going to fail, but it's like our end-stage capitalism that we've gone— at basically as far as capitalism can take us. Okay. Does that answer your question? Um, <clears throat> I'm going to go find a Zoloft. Okay, Claire, <laughs> what are you consuming? I know. I did read, I did read some parenting books recently mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, for this thing that I'm working on, but I, I realized, no, I guess this is directly related. Um, reading these books, like, my, I was getting, I was getting very ragey with my toddler because, you know, he's in the phase of, he's four, he's a very, very good child, but he is in the phase of just questioning everything, including like all of my, anything I ask him to do. And like mm. everything takes, I know like it always takes two hours to get your kid out of the house, but this is like, it's, it's reached an extreme form of that. And so he won't do anything on the first ask anymore. And so I was like reading these books, you know, how to get your kids to do what you want them to do, which is essentially like the discipline thing. And then realizing, oh, right, right, right. They're doing what they, like they're being children. Like he is doing exactly what he's supposed to be doing. So these parenting, reframing the parenting books. So instead of like, here's how to get your kids to do what you want them to do, it's, here's how to lower your own blood pressure and get through the day and like reminders and about like who they are and where they're at and what they're actually capable of. And just um, slowing down and not trying to do 9,000 things. Like I normally try to do because I feel guilty if I'm not doing 9,000 things. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I guess that it like when I'm reading something, just kind of reframing the advice. 
And then I've been watching French television because I'm trying to learn French. What are you preparing for a role where you were reading the parenting books? No, a pro, like a just a, a, a just a thing, uh-huh. not a role, just uh-huh. a thing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. okay, wink, wink. But Got I it. wouldn't normally because, like, every time I every time I pick up a parenting book, I get three pages in and feel terrible about myself normally. And so this is the first time I'm like, no, I should actually like, try to get through because a lot of them are very shaming. I find. Yeah. Um, well, they got to have an especially angle, Especially right? the older school ones. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Of course, you have to sell books. And so you have to convince people that they're doing something wrong. Late capitalism. Um, you have to sell this And that books. they need help. late capitalism <laughs> one more time. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I think, you know, all of us, me the latest, but like I had Calvin when I was 35, which like that's a full 12 years after my mom had me. And I think... I had a career and a life and I'm a control freak. So like everything was all set and then you have a child. And I think what maybe wasn't passed down from the previous generation, because we are not, we collect like a lot of us are having children later is that you have to figure out a way to make peace with the fact that the current life you had is, has like exploded and you're going to have to take a pause. So it's not Mm -hmm. all of these, like you can do it all and lean in and it's like, no, you you can't actually. So I've had a really hard time with that. Um, And, and so I think, yeah, a lot of these books are like, but I read one where it said, if your child is, is acting out, meaning like throwing a temper, it means that the bond between parent and child is broken. Like it's, it needs fixing. Like, you know what? That doesn't like, that makes me feel horrible. Um, Sometimes they're just, it's not true. Yeah. And so I think, yeah, like, well, Ellie, you do such a good job on this podcast. If I may say so, um, like really when you have these authors on, you have such like you, you are able to find these books and find these authors of like people who have been there before are realistic with their, it seems like expectations, the new wave of parenting experts. Why thank, I you. Is, Why, thank you. And you know, the, yeah. the episode, okay, so we're releasing this. When we release this episode, listeners, you can find the one right before this with Leslie and Bruce. She's a, she's has five New York Times bestselling books and she has a new book about becoming a mother. And so in that episode, she talks about this and like, and we discuss, especially for type A strivers, like what a crazy mind game it can be to become a mother. And especially because, yeah, as you are saying, Claire, so many of us are having our children once we have, you know, done a lot of work to figure out who we are and what we can offer the world. And then it all gets upended and shifted. And so, you know, it makes me feel good to hear you say that since I released that last week and it was, it, it always feels good to be like, okay, good. Like we're on, you know, the, the conversations we're having are relevant. Cause again, I'm mostly in this podcast room sweating to death by myself. Warm today. It's <laughs> Well, I'm here, Ellie. Thanks. <laughs> Today you are here. I wish you were here every time, Bridget. Um, my current obsession is with the show 
Succession. Oh my gosh. Oh wait, me too. Oh, it's so good. Well, wait, wait. That, wait, I want to know how this relates to parenting. I'm so I like well, well, of course. Great. I mean family I'm dynamic. Dynamic. yeah, family so, dynamics. So wait, you guys, you know the guy who plays Tom was Mr. Darcy, right? Oh, was he really? Yeah. Now I gotta see that. Okay, oh, so for listeners God. who don't know, you guys, we have to always bring in our listeners. Mm. They're our part of our crew. So if you don't know the show, it's on HBO. The second season is out right now. We just binged the first season oh and gosh, we're catching so up. I actually, I think we only have two more episodes left before we're caught up with the rest of the world because everyone's talking about the show. And I would, you know, I always say this about things. I think I don't like things in general the first couple of times I try them. Uh, same with books. Like the first couple chapters I always hate, but once I got into it, I became completely obsessed. And the little tagline HBO has for the show it's watch the Roy siblings joust for power as they struggle to control their father's empire. And it takes place in New York, and it's a very waspy family. Where and everyone's worried about the apocalypse. Where everyone's right, because again, it's like— No, the no pre- none not, of them are worried about the apocalypse none because of they are. have a plot in New Zealand because yeah, they're billionaires. They do. So they, they are not worried. Yeah, they're not. And they have good, a good panic room. And they have helicopters and everything else. <laughs> so— for me, it's been really interesting to watch the family dynamics, as Bridget mentioned. And the father, of, for me, also, listeners know over the years, like I've talked about my mom's side of the family and uh, how waspy and uptight things can be. And my grandfather could be, well, he could be cruel at times. And actually, my step-grandmother just said over the summer when I asked her what my grandfather's father was like. She said she had never met him, but that my grandfather's mother said about my great-grandfather that he was a brute of a man. Mm. I was like, ugh. And I notice some of the the manipulation and the games and the power, and we do not have helicopters, (laughs) but there, that... I don't know. The fabric of that family yeah. is there are some similarities. I mean, my, my grandfather was at Lehman Brothers when it first started yeah. in the 50s. And so that that wow. feel I get. And, and mostly the hunger that the children have for their father's approval and love, even though they know he is so damaging. Yeah. I grew up seeing that. Yeah. Just always wanting that, like, pat on the shoulder. Yeah. It's, 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 that desire is very powerful and very well executed in the show. Isn't there an episode where you see on his back that he's got all these scratches, scars on his body? And you've, like, because someone who is that abusive toward other people obviously endured Mm -hmm. um, in, on, imaginable amount of abuse as a child like I I they keep kind of te- or like hinting things and dying just to yeah explore oh my gosh Go back one generation this? back yeah Perfect. the funny thing is Claire and this yeah. is not a spoiler for listeners who haven't seen it yet that moment you took that as scars from early childhood and Adam my husband took that as oh he must be having rough sex with his wife <laughs> No, it doesn't look like nail scratches. It's like caning. <laughs> right? Am I crazy? Oh, that's so good. That's 
so I mean, funny. what a worldview. Let's all let us all see our scars as nail marks from vigorous sex. <laughs> That's what I'm moving through May, this day. Now I'm wondering if we need to, like, check the settings on our television. Like, maybe. <laughs> but that's, you know what I was saying today, speaking of things, but this is we've all consumed Fleabag now. But in season two, Fleabag, when they're talking about what happens in the afterlife, I'm being vague because I don't want to spoil anything. And a character says, really, worm food, that's it. That's what you think happens. And she's like, yeah, what, you believe in the fairy tale? And he's like, why believe something terrible? Or why believe something awful when you can believe something wonderful? And I've been carrying that with me. Yeah. Hmm. You know, a that li- is a really a little yeah. delusion, a little nails. Yeah. Anybody. That is like the new Rorschach test is what did you think? Uh, yeah. Logan Roy's Logan. Uh, back scratches. Yeah. He's Scottish, right? I mean, he is in real life, but. Yeah. I also want Shiv Roy's new haircut. Yeah. The power good. cut. Yeah. Yeah. I have, very sharp. I have two friends who have it. I think Kate Baldwin, I would say, has the power cut. Yeah. And then I would, my girlfriend Shannon, who's a publicist at Netflix, and th- those people get things done. So I'm kind of thinking if I got the power cut, maybe know. Sabrina would listen to me. <laughs> yeah. She's, I yeah. could take the podcast to the next level. I think the problem is the wavy the hair. Haircut. No one takes me seriously with my. <sighs> <sighs> I like that it would be getting it so that Sabrina would take you seriously. I think that's a good. Uh... <laughs> a good goal that that should be added to someone's parenting book like try if nothing if all else fails yeah get a like commanding trying, i tried i tried one two three magic on calvin who just started counting back to me he's like mom that's one that's two give me your phone listen my I'm whole family does it to um, each other and i'm like only some of us can enforce okay that. so someone explain what one two three magic is so it's so it's the it's a book, and again, I'm a quitter, so I get halfway through these things. So that's probably my problem. I will say it's been great for us. It's been great for us. But if it's that you like very emotionless, you just when when a, when a child starts, and it's a it's a stop behavior, mm-hmm. which means if they're acting out, or so you can't do it to get them to put their shoes on in the morning. But you say very calmly, just that's one, and if they keep doing it, that's two, and if they get to three. You know, you take away a toy or put them in yeah, timeout. And the, or... the idea is it's automated. So, like, there's no arguing or emotional thing. It's just, like, yeah. if you do these things, it's a warning. One is your warning. Two is your second warning. Three is the auto. Is your, now you have to go sit on the sofa. The consequence has been agreed upon beforehand, I'm assuming. It's been told. Yeah. Okay. We, uh, yes. But, yeah. yes. Yeah. So, it's like, hey, if I get to three... Because we do time ins. I'm throwing yeah. everything out the window. We do three. I'm leaving and I'm not coming back. <laughs> Mommy's going to Ohio. Yeah. Mommy is going to Ohio this weekend, but with, with daddy. Um, uh, mom's going to cry. Well, isn't this late capitalism really messing with your life? <laughs> I'm, I'm an active participant. I'm not saying it judgmentally. I, I mean, I make my money mostly in advertising. Like I'm. Oh. You know, did I go too far? No, you guys. I'm turning into Roy from this from Succession. I have my <laughs> headphones on. This is my podcast. This is my media conglomerate. It is my, a media conglomerate, <laughs> and I'm power tripping now. I told Calvin yesterday, like oh, I really should have. If I like, I, I shouldn't. The reason I'm worried about global warming now is because I feel so guilty that that what I do is I'm an actor on television instead of a scientist or a social worker or, you know, someone who's like actually advancing. This is why you take our minds off the apocalypse. Also, this is, yeah, I mean, 
you know, we all have we all have yeah. gifts. <laughs> We're still figuring it's, it out. Uh, it's, it's the motor that turns the world. Oh, you guys, yesterday there was a snafu with the lunchboxes and I took home, it was handed to me, but I took home another little girl's lunchbox and lunch bag. What was in it? What was in it? I was, I was less looking at what she had left, some fruits and vegetables, Mm -hmm. but (laughs) I was more grateful that I had Sabrina make the sandwiches the day before and Sabrina had done it with really cute cookie cutters. Oh, that's nice. So I was like, oh, good. She makes sandwiches? I, I've got a whole, I've got, oh, I got man, it. I'm this doing is what happens. Wrong. You guys don't cook. Your kid will start making the sandwiches. Your kid's like, what can don't I Don't fill eat? out yeah, the school applications. True. Your this partner is, will do it. It's true. But this is like the oldest trick in the book. The story everyone says, like, if I'm the, helpless. the incompetence that usually like yeah. husbands are like, well, I don't know how to do that. And so then I took maternal gatekeeping and I turned it on its oh, side. I do, know, I do know gatekeeping. I am the inept mother. Yeah. <laughs> I do like I do like the sweep That's the up biggest at the lie, end. by the way. Everybody listening is the biggest what lie? Oh, that's the biggest lie. You as an F, you're about the most capable mother I know. Oh in yeah, the she's world. very very capable. You guys are being too it's true. Sweet. And there's an yeah. That's, wow. I, that's incredible. But wait, sorry, finish your story. I'm just flabbergasted. I'm so I, I'm so excited that Sabrina makes. Okay, but before we give my child too much credit, I do want to say that she got a Sharpie marker and she knows better and gave her little sister tattoos the day before preschool started. And one of the tattoos was actually circles around her sister's nipples. So (laughs) it's good for her act. She's like, we're a burlesque sister act. It was so disturbing to see. Oh, there's something like particularly violating about. Yeah, that's very funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to not oh, be able to get yeah. it off, and then oh, I'm right. searching Sharpie. how to get it off, and you, you, know, you could use nail polish do, remover, and I'm like, well, that's toxic. Sorry? What does Sabrina get for lunch? What does Sabrina get for lunch? Ugh. Like, what sandwiches, and then what, like, what does she eat at her lunch? No, yeah, we're, no we're, we're no nuts now, which no. is a bummer. We could do almond butter at her preschool, but now in this new school, no nuts at all. Phoebes can have nuts now, but our preschool, no nuts. Okay, we've been doing chicken, cube chicken with hummus. Mm -hmm. But listeners know that this has become a new obsession for me ever since I had Dr. Organic Mommy kick off the season. (laughs) And we were talking about lunchboxes. So we use the Planet Box lunchboxes, which are crazy expensive. But they last They're stainless steel. They last forever. I think they might still be having a special. 25% off. And they also have these little tubs. So I'll put hummus in there. I, I have a lot of filler. I've got some pretzel action happening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We uh, cucumber slices. Oh. We've been going crazy with cookie cutters, basically, to yeah. try to make it look fun. Yeah, more festive. And do you, does do she eat all of that? Yeah, does she? Eat? No, and then I'm really angry about the waste. No, but like, does she eat? Does she eat hummus and she eats cucumbers? Yes, she does like that. How did you? How did you get her to do that? Like, what did you, um, I want to know. care. Listen, Maybe that's it, no. you guys. Again, the secret is like you just. You do, don't you? I mean, Phoebe, George eats hummus. Phoebe won't eat cucumbers. They're slimy. She only likes certain types of hummus. But they'll both eat bell peppers. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Um, but George right. doesn't eat Keep meat. Keep rotating. And oh, Phoebe's Georgia. lactose intolerant. So yeah. it's a real humdinger. So, Eliza will eat anything and nice. eats everything. And Sabrina used to be that way. Now she is really controlling about it. 
but we just keep trying. Yeah. So she won't like salmon one week, but she'll like it the next week. So we just keep trying and then she eats a lot of cereal. But luckily with school and then she had her first soccer practice last night, she was starving enough that she ate. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. But I want to ask you guys, speaking of this weekend, you're going to Ojai, Bridget. For our 10-year wedding anniversary. That's huge. Mm. No open marriage yet? No. I'm a jealous person. I'm I'm a jealous person. So that's me. why that's what's it's one of the reasons you're a jealous person, but you you want everyone to make want to make out with you. Yeah, but it sounds I'm not just like me going to make out with them. I just want <laughs> the agil- I want the desire directed towards me. Yeah, me too. Yeah, we're gonna go to the beach for Sabrina's birthday because it's always hot as Hades. And she's at a new school, and the last thing I wanted to do was throw a birthday party for a bunch of kids. Really, oh, I didn't want to throw a birthday party for a bunch of parents I don't know yet. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, birthday parties are very stressful. I I was just telling a friend whose daughter was turning two, don't have a party for as long as you can. I, I was planning yeah. to hold off for forever, but then my daughter had started preschool at two and a half and went to so many parties that she started asking about her third birthday like four months in advance. So we did it. And I heard that your daughter's also talking about Halloween already. Oh, yeah. What does she want to be? Well, either a rainbow witch or a pirate. It's something she's invented. She's Last year, she's a rainbow butterfly. It's like a witch, but the outfit has rainbow and black. Or a rainbow. Oh, no. Or a pirate or a witch pirate or maybe a kitty cat who wears a wig. (laughs) I love that she's not totally into the commercialization of Halloween. She doesn't normally choose like a branded thing. George wants to be a superhero who has a Batman cape and an M on his shirt. I was like, this is confusing. (laughs) And a blue mask. (laughs) And I was like, okay, so you're a mashup. That's Uh, great. That's where we're at. Are you guys talking about Halloween? How about Calvin? Does he have any ideas? Oh, yeah. My mom screwed me because she, my, my, Calvin was asking her about Bumble, he's very into Transformers, so Bumblebee the Transformer. And so she like gets him on Etsy looking for Bumblebee, and they find this Bumblebee costume. This was last month when she was watching him while I was doing the short. So nowhere near Halloween, and also stop showing my child pictures of toys, but I'm guilty of this too sometimes when, you know, the day is long. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, they found this. Thing, and my mom didn't realize it's not it's not a bumblebee costume it's a pattern for the bu- oh, the transforming yeah. bumblebee <laughs> costume that yeah. you have to make with cardboard <laughs> yes who's gonna make it so like i have no idea calvin keeps asking us that's the other thing like you know when they get to that age where they remember everything yeah. and then just when you think they've forgotten they bring it back up or like the toys that you've thrown away because they haven't played with it for several weeks. And then they like, they remember the one Hot Wheels with the like mm-hmm. red and green and yellow stripe that, again, it's, it's just oh, yeah. ridiculous. So that's, so he wants to be this transforming um, bumblebee that I have to make I feel out like of that's cardboard. A thing with. Where when you have a sitter, you're like, hey, can you or do Craigslist or like an art student. I, I, yeah, that's I. I would throw that in I to just, be like, come an hour early and make this cardboard thing. I guess he doesn't. It'll have be it. an activity. Yeah, 
Yeah. I well at this and then also like they send you the plans, you download the plans, but then I don't know what I do with them. Like I have to send them to a Kinko's to get them printed in the right size because like I don't have a printer. This is, that no, don't do any size. of this. Don't do say to <laughs> say to Gogo, I need you can you please order an actual costume online for him? This is absurd. <laughs> Also, you need a landfill <laughs> costume. Yeah, I like your mother so much. Also, Poshmark has a ton oh of costumes. Oh, that's yeah, a great yeah. idea. But if you, because everyone just wears them once. But if you go, say to your mother, that, d- didn't she feel like, wow, this costume is only $4 or whatever the download was? Yeah, that's what the other, I think she thought that she was doing me a favor and then realized, oh. No, she gave you a big wait. project. Big this pro- is exciting. This is I can't wait to see it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I went on Poshmark. They have, I bet, I'll do it. I'll do it for you this afternoon. I love shopping. That's so smart. That's such my my well, Gogo loves Poshmark too. That's like her favorite. Put Gogo on Poshmark. New assignment. What's Sabrina going to be? Sabrina's obsessed with The Descendants, even though she hasn't seen it yet. And I told her for her sixth birthday, she could finally see it, even though. I think it really glorifies evil. It's a Disney show. I hope she likes it. She's been wanting to watch it for so long. <laughs> Three years. She's I know. Been talking if about if the she doesn't like it, it's really going to be. You know what? I'm proud of myself that I've held out this yeah. long on the one thing oh, yeah. that she wants That's more really than anything. Good. But she really wants to play Uma, who is the daughter of Ursula. The sea witch? Yes. Okay. And mm. she wants to dye her hair blue. And I said, I don't know if your school will allow that. So even starting the first day of school, she was like, you got to ask my teacher if I can dye my hair sure. blue. I'm sure they will. Phoebe oh, is that's being good. You should right just now. blame them. Ugh. But then here's another question. The, the character is black. Okay. So I'm, I, Sabrina wouldn't do a wig anyway. But I, you know, having her in a, uh, a wig of braids with blue hair feels Totally off limits. Like braids as in like th- small braids? Like, yeah, well, the character is black. And so I feel like it's not okay for her to wear a wig of like a traditionally black hairstyle. Yeah, in blue as the daughter of Ursula. And I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. Mm-hmm. I don't think I could get her to wear a wig anyway, but that would be one option. But that feels wrong. Mm-hmm. And then it's whether or not it's okay to dresses that character even if she dyes her own hair blue a lot has been written on this topic but not about this character but about white kids wanting to be black panther and moana and Mm -hmm. tiana and like what's what's cultural appropriation what's just like appreciation yeah like what's another disney character yeah and like do we should children of color just be allowed that this is you know and Just then, how do I explain? How do I say? So, let's say we went down that path. What this do one I say? Feels tricky to because Ursula Sabrina. the Sea Witch is is like a gray. She seems like a white lady, but I mean that doesn't mean she can't have a black daughter. Well, I don't know. On in the Descendants, if you're right, anything is possible. Um, I know Kristen Chenoweth plays one of the characters and we should just have her play her. (laughs) Right. But of course, it's like we want our children to be interested in cultural cultures other than their own whiteness. Yeah, I don't know. It's a good one. Oh, Could boy. you just say, can you just say, like, you can dye your hair blue and wear a ponytail? No, the braids are what make it. I mean, I think, I, I don't know. I need to, can I? I think that, I think that one might be, 
I mean, maybe I, I, uh, I love it. I've stumped I, you guys. I can't even, listeners. I can't even talk. Yeah. I would love well, to Well, cause hear you're your asking thoughts. the wrong people really like, like the, this question. Uh, I am looking up Uma right now. Oh, I see. <laughs> so anyway, I, I, you know, it's a show. It's a Disney is, channel musical film. How did she know about it without having seen it? Oh, she's a real because person. Sure. I thought she was animated. No. Oh, yeah. So this is a little more complicated. She's yeah. like a real actress. And so for listeners, a it's a Disney Channel musical film about the children of iconic Disney villains. You know. You know. And it's a really big deal yeah. for kids. I saw they had the costumes already out at Macy's. Oh, I'd want to be her too, though. Look at this costume. Yeah. She's really cool. This is that's a so, good question. And I'm sure her school would have ideas on it. I just, uh Yeah, I think you that's a great place to start. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah, I feel like the wig is not okay. And then it's, do I allow my blonde hair child to dye her hair blue? Because it'll probably never come out. Well, so my children, I just did like an overtone thing on both of them. And the super blonde child, it lasted like two weeks. Oh, my God. And But we only did like a little patch on Phoebe's, who has darker hair than Sabrina, but is in, I think, like the about the same world. It wasn't really dark, but it's it's been in there for I, they say five to ten washes, and I'd say we're we're getting close to ten. So I'll ask you at fifteen I think washes. You, I think you should. I, I think you can let her dye her hair blue, even though she's six years old. But and isn't it interesting that part her, of the dyeing the yeah. hair is the fact that I don't want to deal with the wig thing? So or I want to be respectful of the wig thing. Oh, this, by the way, everyone, like I get this is 2019. We're still figuring it out. If anyone listens to this podcast in the future, I'm sure everyone will have figured everything out by then. And I'll seem like a real idiot for asking. For the this. people who are left on the planet, someone in New Zealand <laughs> is listening to this right now. Yes. But I think this is, I think this is a, an important and valid oh, yeah. uh, question that you're asking. Thank about you this. for but right now. Because again, for I, the world, this is 2019. I mean, I'm sure we'll all have this all figured out. I don't know. Years. Like, I would be more uncomfortable, I feel like, with Moana than I would for this. I yeah. don't know why. But I feel like this is, like, so— Because she's dressed like a pirate. Well, it's, like, this. so mythical. Yeah. However, looking at the website of Chasing Fireflies, which has some very upscale costumes— the models are all just ended. Yeah. The models are all children of color, so I don't know. Yeah, uh, they they're playing it real safe over there, but they're also doing that. So you're like, well, it's the person that you think it is. Yeah, there's like they sell specific uh, Uma wigs. They do right, but like probably blue. not for my kid. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, what yeah, would yeah. you do if she wanted to be Jasmine from Aladdin? I know. That's a great question. No, I wouldn't. Well, I wouldn't let her have the midriff anyway. Yeah. And then I and I would say, but that seems easier to say no, because that's like a particular culture. Like, no, you're not mythically Middle Eastern. Yeah. Oh, well, before we hop off the phone, I do want to say that next week our episode is with a sociologist, Dr. Marika Lindholm, mm -hmm. who taught courses on inequality, diversity, and gender at Northwestern University for over a decade, where you two both went. Mm. And uh, we're. It's, it's saying something that she taught for over a decade, and it's like we've been out of school for long enough now that 
of course we weren't there when she was teaching. Oh, that's crazy. We've been out of school for almost two decades. Well, maybe she you was teaching that. then. Just having a moment. <laughs> she might have been teaching then. I've she been did. out for ten over ten years, but we don't know when. Yeah, it could um, have been some of the ten years we were there, and and four years we were there. You guys, That's there are true. twenty-two million American children being raised by single mothers today. Mm-hmm. Claire was raised by a single mom. I was raised by a single mom, and uh, she it was the founder of Empowering Solo Moms Everywhere or Esme.com. It's a really cool conversation. Oh, yeah. And Evie Peck, your friend Bridget, mm-hmm. who we had on the podcast years ago, she is featured in the new anthology. Oh yeah, called "We Got This." Awesome. That Dr. Marika Lindholm is a co-editor of. She also was born in Sweden and moved over here when she was six years old. And so we talk about, you know, the cultural mm-hmm. differences, and it's a really fun conversation. So everyone, check that out. Don't forget to go to our tongmoms.com backslash shop. Yeah. Buy a t-shirt. You'll see Bridget modeling one. I just bought another t-shirt She just bought another one. And they are limited. Yes. So check out our shop. Okay, guys, we covered a lot of ground in this episode. I want to give a special thank you to Claire Coffey and to Bridget Maloney for carving out time in their day to join us. And I'd like to thank our production assistant, Olivia Hasty, our sound engineer, Owen O'Neill, and our composer, Jeremy Turner. I also want to thank you, listener, for spreading the word and for keeping up with the podcast. Super appreciate it. And, oh, speaking of Jeremy Turner, our composer, if you haven't had a chance to listen to our episode with Jeremy's wife, actress Rachel Blanchard, check it out. She's very endearing and it's a really fun conversation. Okay, everybody, until next week, trust in your goodness, live out your greatness, stay safe, and rock on, Atomic Moms. <laughs>